When you farm, you know your land like the back of your hand. What makes your machinery tick? How, when, and where to put down roots? And what it takes to produce? Your expertise is farming. At Workplace Safety and Prevention Services, keeping you and your people safe is ours. For free health and safety resources and tailored safety solutions, visit wsps.ca. Hello and welcome to Cultivating Safety, a joint venture of Between the Rows, the podcast of Glacier Farm Media, and Workplace Safety and Prevention Services, the health and safety provider for Canada's agriculture sector. I'm Gord Gilmore for Between the Rows, joined by Kristen Hoffman of WSPS. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Gord. It's that time of year. The temperatures are falling fast. Most of us have learned to dress for the weather, at least eventually. My mother spent more time than I care to admit, yelling at me to do up my coat and put on a hat and mitts. Gord, mine still does. <laughs> well, when you're working outside, the stakes are even higher, and farming, as we know, is an outdoor sport. We're joined now by WSPS's Fred Young to tell us about how to keep everyone safe and unfrostbitten this winter. Winter is upon us. It affects the equipment, livestock, and farmers themselves. It is important to manage exposure to the cold, ice, and snow on the farm. Fred Young is a consultant focusing on agriculture with WSPS. Fred joins us to discuss winter safety on the farm. Welcome, Fred. Morning. Fred, tell us about yourself and the path that led you to WSPS. Sure. Um... My parents uh, were dairy farmers in the uh, uh, Glengarry County for 37 years. My grandfather was a farmer. My great-grandfather was a farmer. And um, long story short, uh, went to the city to get educated and uh, took health and safety and fire prevention and ended up with the Farm Safety Association, which is now WSPS. And 32 years later, here I am. Fred, tell us what you do as a consultant with WSPS and why. When we work with firms, uh, some of them are owner-operator farm operations and some of them are corporate farms, uh, like a large mushroom operation that might have over 800 to 1,000 employees. So when we engage the agricultural sector, it can be that drive up to the family farm and, hey, do you have summer workers? And this is how we can help you. What kind of training do you do? Or it might be something more on a corporate level where we're looking at what safety program they have for somebody harvesting mushrooms and have they included their MSD prevention as as part of that. So uh, we do inspections, uh, we do assessments. So it really depends on what that agribusiness needs. And that's the important part of what we do. It's very focused around the needs of the farm opposed to um, this is the latest, greatest thing that you, you have to have, right? It's, it's very needs focused. Uh, Fred, after 32 years, I imagine you've seen more than your share of incidents. What are some of the ones uh, in the winter that you can think of that you would like to have prevented? Uh, well, 
there's two that come to my mind right off the get-go. The the first one, um, a uh, farmer bought a brand new snowblower, two-stage snowblower, and um, did a great job cleaning the snow. And he wanted to get a picture for posterity. So he got out of the tractor, stood up on the snowbank, and as his wife was taking the picture, the snowbank collapsed and he went through the snowblower. Oh, and you man. just go, oh my gosh, right? And, you know, you learn about that information. And, and what really just rings to my mind is, you know, for farmers, if they do so much and they work just horrendous hours, but it's that one moment of a lapse of judgment that can be just catastrophic. So the other uh, example I would give you um, is uh, was Christmas morning. Um, the farmer and his son were uh, getting uh, hay. It was underneath a tarp and the sun uh, hit the pail, hit, hit the, the pile of uh, 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 bales stacked and uh, it actually lodged another round bale that was higher up. And it actually dislodged it and the farmer was holding the tarp and it came down underneath the tarp and hit him. And now he got a broken shoulder and some other bumps and bruises, but thank goodness he walked away from that. But it's just another one of those things that I do this every day. I'm going to stand and hold the tarp. You get the round bale out and then I'll tie it back up. And that's the challenge. It's you know, it's they, real split what, second stuff, eh? Like it just happens like that. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, there's there's so many more stories, and I'm sure if you you uh, went to any agri farm show and just said, "Tell me your story," uh, you'd hear quite a few of different uh, winter type examples. Uh, and what what are the sort of specific hazards for winter then that we should be looking out for? So certainly. Uh, you know, the, the idea that farmers don't work as hard in the winter as they do in the summer, it's they do the same amount of work. It's just different work. So now they're working in the dark. Now they're working with equipment that's frozen. Now they're trying to repair things outside in the cold. Uh, and that's that's the real thing with the winter, eh, is the stuff is at operating already kind of at the ragged edge of what it can do. Something goes wrong and then it's even harder to repair and... Certainly the aspect of uh, uh, barn fires is another thing that, that they need to be focused on. And whether it's uh, electrical that's been damaged by rodents, whether it's uh, uh, chaff or, or uh, just dust from the barn that collects, collects around on electrical panel, very common for, for fires to start there. Uh, or if somebody's doing some maintenance, so they're in there with a grinder or they're in there with a torch and doing some repair and then a fire starts. So, you know, those are things that they deal with and, and no different than whether they've got uh, uh, radiant heaters in the ceiling or they bring in some heaters to, to keep um, some of the, the animals warm. Those heat lamps, um, again, they fall, they twist, they you know, uh, a cord breaks or that, that uh, baler twine that you know, they thought would be good wasn't good and it falls and starts a fire. Uh, those are real challenges that, that do happen every year. Uh, the heaters so are necessary given the cold exposure and given that the risk of fires increase as a result, what should farmers do 
to prevent fires. So like any other seasonal challenge, getting into the barn to make sure those electrical panels are, are free of, of any kind of buildup. The important thing here is some will uh, go get a backpack blower and try to blow it all down. But you have to remember, sometimes that creates a dust cloud that can be explosive as well. So it's really important to, to recognize you have to clean down whatever those cobwebs or dust are in a safe way. Uh, certainly, uh, where you have detectors, make sure they're all clean and free so uh, or clear of, of, of any kind of buildup so it's not uh, impeded by that, by that dust. And wherever you have a heat source, wherever you store fuel, does it really need to be there? And uh, certainly, um, when you think of that heat source, is there a way to monitor it? So, no different than than when when people are are calving. Sometimes they go get those little baby monitors, and and it it watches the calves, right? And it's the same kind of analogy. If you're going to put in a heat lamp, why don't you put in a little monitor so you can watch, right? That's or, a great suggestion. Yeah. So there's a lot of simple things that are not an extra step. Or for that matter, put it on a timer where you know it's going to shut off, right? There's there's different strategies that can be used to try to mitigate that uh, that farm fire uh, scenario. But is it yeah, is it the, important to have a strategy? Because I think a lot of times people, you know, oh, I got to get get a heat source over here, and then you just sort of ad hoc figure out something in the moment that might be like say an electric heater or something like that. Uh, and you, would they be better off with having like a sort of an overall strategy on how they're going to deal with this stuff so that they have some of these safety checks built in? Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's no different than when the farmer puts a tractor into one part of the barn. Okay. Oh, the battery's down, so I'm going to put the charger on. Okay. There's another potential fire there. So thinking about that aspect of it, and making sure all the cords are in a good condition, making sure that you know there's grounds, there's no damage to the cord, uh, that helps with a lot of that prevention. From the hot of a fire to the cold of the wind and temperature outdoors in the winter, that exposure can certainly lead to injuries for our farmers as well. How can farmers prevent cold stress for themselves and others? Well, I think the first part is recognizing, you know, when we get cold, we kind of shake a little bit. And and normal bit of shivering is, is not too big of a deal. But when we have uncontrolled shaking, that's a pretty big red flag that you're not managing the temperature. And certainly when you uh, are speaking with somebody who perhaps their speech is slurred, perhaps they appear div dizzy or confused, the cold can do that to you. And and certainly that idea of, of not being able to feel your your uh, fingertips or obviously your, your toes, that's a pretty clear indication you are going to succumb to this temperature and you need to make uh, some pretty quick decisions to get yourself warmed back up. Um, whether it's the truck that is a place where you go to warm uh, or inside a building, just being able to have that uh, or know where that is, um, that's, a, that's a key thing. And, and I think the, the other thing to remember is farmers travel from 
farm to farm in the winter now, and they might be on an ATV, they might be on a snowmobile, and now it's a blizzard. And they're crossing a field and they get turned around. So that aspect of the cold, you know, it also is connected with the other parts of that cold, which is the snowstorm, right? So um, I can recall more than once uh, uh, crossing through a field and getting turned around and had to find the fence and go the opposite direction because I was heading the wrong direction until I found the fence. You know, so those are things for farmers in the winter. You know, it's very innocent. I'm just going over to the next farm and everything will be fine because I know the way, but the weather changes everything for them. There is some planning or a strategy for this topic as well for prevention, right? To be sure that you have the right gear to prevent that exposure to the cold or manage that temperature when you are out and about. Fred, in the few hazards that are at greater exposure in the winter, you also mentioned slip strips and falls. What should farmers do to prevent those incidents in the winter? Well, certainly when you're traveling from the house to the barn, have a pretty good walk area as much as possible. And like I said, whether you put down some old ashes or, or, uh, little bit of straw, something that can can go on the ground. And obviously, ice and straw is not going to mix very well, but certainly sawdust won't be too bad or or, or ashes. Um, and uh, certainly entrance ways into the barn, any kind of changes of elevation, a stair or a ladder, make sure it's free of any kind of buildup. Uh, and certainly within the barn, if there's any kind of ramps, you know, for access to the barn, uh, those are notorious to cause problems. And, and you know, uh, if you're having trouble walking up it, the equipment's going to have trouble climbing into the barn, right, or driving into the barn. And a lot of folks today, you know, they load up the TMR and drive right into the barn to, to uh, uh, load the feed cart, and that operator is going up a ramp. And that can be pretty exciting after a, an ice storm. You do have to work differently in the winter, develop that strategy, understand how things might need to change in the way that you do the work, from planning the work through to responding to the emergency. Fred, thanks so much for your insights on winter safety on the farm. Thank you very much. Thanks, Fred. All right, you're welcome. Nice to meet everybody. That was Fred Young, an agriculture safety consultant with Workplace Safety and Prevention Services on how to stay safe while outside this winter. This is Cultivating Safety, a joint venture of Between the Rows, the podcast of Glacier Farm Media, and Workplace Safety and Prevention Services, the health and safety experts for Canada's agriculture sector. For BTR, I'm Gord Gilmore, along with Kristen Hoffman of WSPS. Hi there. Uh, Kristen, have you ever found yourself working alone and suddenly realizing that if anything should happen, you could be in real trouble? Although nothing has ever happened to me when alone, we all know that feeling. Yeah, working alone is a fact of life when farming, uh, but there are steps you can take to make it a lot safer for you, your family, and your employees. 
Nicole Sherman is a consultant with Workplace Safety and Prevention Services, who joins us now to tell us a bit about what you should do to play it safer. Farming can be a dangerous business, especially while working alone. Keep yourself and others safe while working alone by recognizing potential hazards, planning ahead, and focusing on the work. Nicole Sherman is a consultant with WSPS. Nicole joins us to discuss working alone on the farm. Welcome, Nicole. Hey, Kristen. Nicole, tell us about yourself and the path that led you to WSPS. Uh, well, as a young kid, I grew up uh, on a farm in a rural community in Chatham, Kent, Ontario. And, you know, my family mainly focused on cash crop. Uh, but having grown up in the community and other friends and relatives, I've obviously seen work through, uh, you know, having tobacco farmers in the family, as well as uh, livestock and hog uh, farmers as well. So, that's been kind of really what has drawn me to work um, and help those in health and safety around um, in the agriculture sector. Um, similar to Fred, I kind of left the, the home farm and went into the city and got my degree in kinesiology. So I did a lot of work around patient rehabilitation for a little bit and then got into health and safety at a couple of hospitals. And I got thinking, you know, yeah, well, how's a way we can kind of prevent people from, you know, maybe getting these musculoskeletal disorders and kind of work from that side of things. So yeah, it's been really rewarding and nice that way. So tell us what you do as a consultant with WSPS and why. Yeah, so I do work uh, with our customers in the agriculture sector, uh, things such as like providing training when you think about WEMIS and tractor safety and things like that, uh, but also kind of procedure development for those uh, companies who may be a little bit more advanced and are kind of putting their health and safety system uh, together. So, you know, tractor safety, first aid, WEMIS, how do we report hazards? How do we investigate them? Those kinds of good things. Um, I also work in the healthy workplaces um, area as well, which touches on psychological psychological health and safety in the workplace and mental health, which really lends itself nicely with helping those customers in the agriculture sector just simply for, you know, the increased attention and support that's now being allocated to that area in agriculture, I think is a real win and, and good to see. So, One of the most attractive aspects of agriculture can be the time away from others to enjoy the outdoors, but risks lurk when we are working alone. What are some of the examples of hazards when working alone? Yeah, so I think that, you know, there are many dangers, obviously, as we all know, uh, working on the farm where we by naive to think that there's no hazards, but they can vary from commodity to commodity. Um, but I would say that some of the common dangers are obviously working around your equipment, right? So tractors, implements, trailers, to Fred's point in the previous uh, discussion, slips, trips, and falls, absolutely. Um, chemicals, uh, even, you know, the big hazard of working around grain bins, uh, manure pits, right? And also working those long hours, creating a lot of fatigue. We are now starting to work through the heavy peak season of the fall harvest. And I'm sure that farmers are getting tapped out and feeling quite tired as a result. But electrical, you know, handling livestock, all those things can really contribute to um, hazards in the workplace for sure. But but in particular, what makes it uh, dangerous to be working alone? Uh, 
Absolutely. So the piece of working alone is that, you know, if one of those hazards were to cause us injury uh, and we have no one around to respond or get us the help that we need in a timely manner, we may be waiting for a long time until we can get the help we need and it may potentially be too late. So that is the real issue uh, with working alone for sure. And what what are some of the workarounds then that you recommend to farmers so that they don't find themselves in that position? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I would say is that, you know, we know that working alone is an unavoidable part of, you know, being a farmer. And um, we need to kind of consider making sure that we do have a plan in place. And one of those things is having a type of a check-in, uh, right? Uh, do we have a type of a system or a monitoring process where we can, uh, you know, have someone that we that we check in? I, I mean, an example that I kind of use at times is, you know, if I were to go, I, I work from home and no one's home when I'm working from home and knows that maybe if I go out for a bike ride on my lunch hour, uh, that I'll let my husband know, Hey, I'm going out for a bike ride. I'll let you know when I'm back. Because if I were ever to get in an accident, right. While I was, uh, out for my bike ride, then no, no one's going to know that that was the case. And I think that exactly the same thing can apply to any farming, um, type of task as well too, especially for your higher risk tasks. Right. Nicole, considering that example of your bike ride or any tasks when working alone on the farm, how do you or how would you recommend that farmers check in when either they are working alone or employees are working alone? I think that it comes down to, you know, understanding, am I someone, am I alone uh, owner operator of my farm or do I also have workers working for me, colleagues working with me? Okay. And can I then either, if I'm a lone worker, am I, is it my spouse? Is it a neighbor? Whom is, who is that person that I can have a check-in with and let them know, Hey, I'm going to do this task or I'm going out to, you know, do this type of work. I'll check in with you within, you know, half an hour. Uh, if you don't hear from me, please check in on me. And that kind of works the same for coworkers and, and colleagues as well, right? I was just going to say, I, I, it feels like uh, with the new technology that we have, the ability to just send a text, it would be easier than ever before to check in. Are people using the technology appropriately to do this? I was going to touch on that too, because there is so much more that technology is offering now. And we do rely more and more on technology. So, I mean, even looking at our cell phones, most people are carrying cell phones uh, nowadays, right? And and what are its abilities? How can we use that in an emergency situation? Or even kind of this whole idea of check-in and, and preventative side of things. So I know farms using the app called WhatsApp. Uh, and I know that that's kind of a group messaging, you know, sending a text out to the whole group, whoever's on that can then know the whereabouts uh, of their colleague. Uh, I also know that there are, you know, devices out there. There are alert systems or there even are apps out there we can put on our phone uh, when we're working alone. And and they're really neat in the fact that they can have uh, 
you know, you can customize your check-in time. So for higher risk tasks, it's going to check in, say, every 15 minutes or so. Uh, it can also kind of detect when, you know, someone's been immobile for a long period of time. So it's kind of like a man down. If there's been no activity on that person, it's, it's going to alert somebody. And there's even the idea, too, around the panic button, right? We've kind of heard of the idea of, you know, seniors pushing the button when they can't, uh, when they've fallen and they can't get up. It has that feature too. There's systems out there. Um, but even our phones, if you don't want to get into the apps and you don't want to get into uh, maybe the whole system of things, even our cell phones, like I have a Samsung uh, phone and I can set it to be able to um, hit the button on the side three or four times consecutively and it will send an SOS message uh, and a GPS location and photos from this area front and back and give a five second audio clip. So there may be things that our phone can do that we didn't actually realize. Uh, so, and the other key piece to this is if we are going to start relying on technology is to ensure that our devices are charged. Uh, ensure that you have maybe other chargers, not just the one that's sitting at home in the kitchen when we come in at the end of the day and charge our device. Is there one that we may need in a vehicle or do we need something uh, in the shop or the barn to give us that quick charge to make sure that we do have the device available? And whomever is the one who's monitoring or, you know, on the other end of receiving that call, they need to be available to receive that emergency call too, right? So walkie-talkies are also something we can use too. We never expect to be in that emergency situation. And to your point about keeping the cell phone charged or ourselves prepared, we have to plan and be ready to respond. So the cell phone, the charger as a couple of examples, what else should farmers include in their emergency response kit or plan? Yeah, I think that we're... You know, farmers are have the possibility to work alone. It, it ties back a little, little bit with this idea of being prepared. And, uh, you know, when we look at the hierarchy of controls, the best thing we can do is eliminate the hazard. So, you know, a big suggestion is a recommendation is when you've got a high risk hazard, like, you know, working around heavy equipment and machinery that has conveyors and PTOs where potentially someone can be pulled in or, you know, equipment getting in contact with power lines or tractor rollovers, et cetera, uh, you know, grain bins, hoppers, tanks, and pits, I think it makes sense to try and not do that work alone. So where possible, really consider where do I not have to work alone? If that's not possible, then I think we need to make sure that we're just following safe work practices. Don't take shortcuts. That's what gets us in trouble. Um, consider our what type of training do you have? What type of training do your do your coworkers have? Um, don't wear loose clothing around powered equipment, right? And um, trying to eliminate distractions, right? And, and are you even mentally and physically prepared to do the work? Or are you so tired that you can't even think about uh, doing this job safely? It's, you know, always making sure you have a list of the emergency phone numbers is also key as well. So uh, it's one thing to have those in your phone, but can we have those posted uh, in your buildings, uh, you know, within uh, pieces of equipment? Uh, whether or not, you know, you have your first aid kit, again, also keeping that uh, in your in, uh, in your equipment as well as uh, in your buildings and things like that as well. 
fire extinguishers, you know, eye wash bottles or eye wash stations. Do we have those uh, extra set of clothes uh, like we talked about in the last uh, segment and, you know, flashlights, all those kinds of things that will work. We don't want to be in an emergency situation. Absolutely not. But we do need to make sure that we are prepared. If, if there were one thing that farmers through, through across all the sectors in Canada could do to better prepare to work alone, what would it be? I think for the big thing about working alone is that we do have to take the hazard of working alone seriously. We can't just think that it's an inherent part of the job and that we don't be prepared we don't prepare for it. We have to plan for it. And we don't just kind of put our head down and and keep grinding. We need to consider all of the things that we've just talked about in this session. You know, farmers do need to stop, they need to think, and then they need to act accordingly. And we do need to take that moment of pause and consider how risky is this hazard? What are the consequences to not having a plan? And when you think about that and you think about if I don't prepare properly and I don't follow safe work practices as I should, then when will someone find me? Could it be hours? Could it be days until someone even notices? Uh, or And the other piece is who will find me? You know, is it my spouse? Is it my kids, my parents or my coworker who's going to find me? And I would think that I would want to have in place to ensure the right people uh, who are, you know, responsible for finding me is, is what we want. I would never want my kids to kind of uh, find me at the end of the day. But I think that there are some big considerations around planning uh, and considering in an emergency, how can I summon immediate help? How can I get help to me and how will they know where I am? At the end of the day, you have to kind of consider that's what the key piece is, I think. Nicole, thanks so much for your insights. Not a problem. Thank you. That was Nicole Sherman of WSPS with Safety Tips for Working Alone. That's the fourth installment of Cultivating Safety, a joint venture of Glacier Farm Media's Between the Rows podcast and Workplace Safety and Prevention Services, the health and safety experts for Canadian agriculture. If you'd like to access more resources, you can start with the Workplace Safety and Prevention Services Agriculture and Horticulture Safety Centre. It's online at www.wsps.ca forward slash agriculture dash safety dash center with an RE at the end. You can also find other excellent safety resources from organizations like the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association and many of your commodity groups. For Glacier Farm Media, I'm Gord Gilmore. And for WSPS, I'm Kristen Hoffman. Saying so long and stay safe this winter. <laughs>